0: You're listening to Ed Curation, the podcast where teachers talk curriculum. We make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh, lively and authentic learning.
1: Welcome to another edition of Ed Curation, where teachers talk curriculum. I'm Christy Hemingway, and today I'm excited to have Elizabeth Yarnell on the show from Digistar's Make-A-Movie Workshop. Elizabeth is not our typical guest. Uh, Elizabeth is not a teacher, but she has been involved in education for years, and she has created an amazing tool for teachers from grades one through eight, being the target audience, although not necessarily limited to those grade levels. But her tool is the Digistar Make a Movie Workshop, and she's going to tell us a little bit about that today. Elizabeth, tell us about your background and how you started lending your talents to education. Christy, first of all, thank you so much for having me
0: on this podcast. I'm so excited to talk to your audience and and really spread the word about digital storytelling to educators, so thank you, thank you.
1: You're welcome, we're thrilled to be partnering with you and welcoming you on the show today.
0: So my background is a little roundabout, but I started in the film and video industry in 1988 when I was still in college, and I worked in that industry for about 10 years, off and on, doing all kinds of jobs, mostly focused on, I was really always very interested in technology. From that industry, I transitioned into being an instructional designer, and I became a multimedia instructional designer in the early 90s, really at the very beginning of brand new things called the internet and CD-ROMs. So I was designing education at that time for adult learners, mostly about tech issues. I worked for a lot of Fortune 500 tech companies, a lot of telecoms, especially like Lucent Technologies, Bell Labs, United Airlines, just a ton of really high-tech things. And that was my specialty was to create the instruction that we would then deliver through these new multimedia tools called the internet and CD-ROMs. I became involved with students I have been a teacher in many forms. I was a high school Spanish teacher. I taught college level English. I've taught a lot of different things in a lot of different venues. But I got back in with elementary school students when my oldest child was in second grade and his school received a grant to integrate science, technology, and arts into the educational landscape of the school. And I was tasked to lead the committee and my co-chair. Is a film professor. And so the two of us created a series of curriculums to bring every child in kindergarten through fifth grade at that school through a digital storytelling project within the course of a school year. And we ran that for about six
1: years very successfully before we turned it into a business. Wow. And so, what keeps you coming from such a varied background? What is now keeping you involved with schools and students? at the elementary level. What is it that you are loving about that age level and about being involved in schools? Well,
0: we created these programs that were so fantastic, and we've now delivered them to thousands of students very successfully. They're really robust. My experience working with this elementary school and all of these students, we really recognized, the film professor and I really recognized, that there was a gap in our educational system that we were not really preparing kids adequately with 21st century skills for the world that they're going to inhabit as they grow and learn and and move into their own careers. And that's where Digistars really comes in and shines is that we created this scaffolding to teach any topic, any subject that really introduces kids to a new way of thinking in a multimedia format. So they go through the same processes of research and organization of their content and then writing it out. But instead of ending up with a research paper or with a diorama or even with a trifold poster board, they end up with a multimedia product,
1: a movie. And so talk a little bit more about Digistars because you've mentioned it and it's the project that you started with your daughter's school. But it has now expanded into something that teachers all over the United States and all over the world can now take advantage of and use in their own schools. So tell us a little bit more about what that is and what teachers can now access through DigiStars.
0: Exactly. This is such an exciting time for us at DigiStars. We've been delivering our programs for the last 10 years in person all over the Denver metro area where we are based. And then, This year, we have put all of our programming up online into our new e-learning portal. And this makes it accessible to teachers anywhere in the world. You don't have to be in the Denver metro area to take advantage of these programs. So super exciting and really easy to access and to deliver yourself wherever you are.
1: So paint us a mental picture, Elizabeth, for Listeners who are still wondering exactly what is Digistar's, what are the kinds of projects that students have created using Digistar's, content area and grade levels? How? What are all the different projects you've seen students create? I
0: love this question, Christy. So <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm just going to really talk until you tell me I I can't talk anymore. <laughs> so in our after-school programs and our summer camps and other types of enrichment activities, we have traditionally. Been kind of free form, and it really addresses a lot of literacy for the students. We help them to create their own stories and then bring them to life in a movie, whether that is stop motion animation, live action filmmaking, or documentary filmmaking. And we have experienced really some amazing things from this. Not only do we have students who are so creative and have created movies with characters like flying ice cream cones or just like blobs who eat the whole city. We've had teams of students. For instance, I remember this team of, I think they were fourth graders and it was two boys and a girl and the boys wanted to make a movie about an army invasion and the girl wanted dolphins in the movie. And so the movie became an army of dolphins that invaded New York City. I love it. I mean, every class I teach, I just fall in love with the kids and their creativity. And when we do these kind of free-form, creative endeavors, the sky is the limit. We use green screen technology when we do our live-action filmmaking programs, and that allows the students to really set their movies anywhere in the world. We've had movies that started off in the sewers of Paris and ended up on top of the pyramids in Egypt. So... They can go anywhere with those freeform movies, and students are really learning a lot about literacy and the structure of a story and the art of storytelling when they're going through these programs. Every single program that we have focuses on what are the basic elements of a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we talk about the elements that you need to include in a story in terms of plot, setting, characters, conflict, and resolution, and we go; the kids go through it. And even first graders can grasp these concepts the way that we present them in Digistars. When we look at in our classrooms, because we've gone in and done in-school residencies as well, we've seen amazing things happen. So if you use our programs as a scaffolding for the instruction, we've had second graders who were studying extreme weather in their science unit, and they made green screen movies about hurricanes and tornadoes and El Nino. We've had third grader their unit, and they made documentary movies about the unsinkable Molly Brown. We've had fifth graders who were studying biofuels or fuel technology and the fuel life cycle, and they made claymations about the biofuel life cycle and how manure is transformed into fuel. We've had fourth graders who were studying objects in outer space in their science unit, and they made documentary films about the rings of Saturn and Halley's Comet. We've had first graders who were studying continents, and they made claymations about Antarctica and Australia. We've had second graders, I think, who were studying the dinosaurs and ancient geology. That might have been first graders too. And they made claymations about the Big Bang Theory and the create. Uh, I always mispronounce this word, Cretaceous period, I think is how it's said. So really the sky's the limit. We've had fifth graders who are studying ancient Egypt and they made green screen movies where they were archaeologists exploring the pyramids in ancient Egypt. Wow. So all kinds of different ways that you can integrate movie making or digital storytelling
1: into your curriculum without sacrificing any of the content that you need to cover. So that's amazing because it sounds like there's no end to the application as far as the content area or how you could integrate this tool. Exactly.
0: Because, you know, everything is about storytelling and the earlier we start to recognize that our world runs on stories, the better equipped we can prepare our students to be to succeed in this world, because it's all about delivering your message and using your voice and having people understand what you're trying to communicate. And that's
1: all about the story. Well, so that's what I was wondering. So kids are learning really on three levels. They're learning about movie making and the actual mm-hmm. video production process. They're learning the content of whatever content area the movie making is being used for. And then there also there's a literacy element to where they're learning about the storytelling. And from talking to you before, Elizabeth, I know that the storytelling aspect is super important to you and kind of your passion. Can you talk about why storytelling is such an important focus for Digistars and why digital storytelling is so powerful?
0: So our world is a digital world, and we are more and more becoming visual consumers of content. And we also are becoming more visual creators of content. So even your first grader might have an Instagram account or a YouTube account where they're posting videos, where they just literally push record and hold their phone up and make a recording. And what we really try to emphasize is that's not really a movie and that's not really a story. And we need to tell a story and a story has structural elements in it. Why is that so important? Because if you want to make an impact in this world and you want people to understand what you're trying to say, a story is the best way to bring that across.
1: So would you say that that is where the difference really lies between what you do and a typical video production class?
0: Let me talk about the difference that kids experience in elementary and middle school. They often don't have a video production class there, but what they do or what they might have is a tech lab. So in that tech lab you walk in and it's rows and rows of computer screens and it's very similar to the typewriting lab that I learned how to type in back in the 80s I'm going to say not the 70s. What they do in that tech lab is some basic coding exercises. They're not doing anything like this. They're not developing storylines. They're not creating multimedia content. So they have that tech lab but this is not this doesn't follow under the tech lab umbrella, I would say. This mm-hmm. is different. So it is like video production 101. Were you to go to say USC into another film class and you would take production 101, this is exactly what that is. So we go through the exact same processes that they use in a Hollywood movie and we don't change the terminology. We really speak to the, to the students just like If they were on a Hollywood set and they get it and they understand it and they understand how it works. When I think of video production, it's not only those technical aspects. How do you work the camera? How do you edit for sound? How do you clean up and finish off your movie with, say, titles and credits, things like that. So absolutely, there is that tech element, and that's part of the standards that we meet with Digistars in our programs. But it's more than that, because there is that literacy element. You have to create the storyline. That's the whole foundation of how we consider a movie a
1: finished movie. And what equipment or special equipment does a teacher need to be able to implement this?
0: So we love to do our programs with iPads because they're really this all-in-one, really handy, accessible technology that you stick an iPad into pretty much any child's hands and they know intuitively how to use it. But we know that every school doesn't have iPads and, and certainly not everybody at home right now has iPads either. You can create movies using Chromebooks and the applications that are free from Google Chrome as well. If you use an iPad, the apps are less than $5 each. Is it a learning curve for the teacher to be able to implement this program? So we recognize that teachers can feel overwhelmed by the whole prospect of learning the technology and the concepts of filmmaking and digital storytelling. And that's why we've created a companion series of training courses for each of our programs. And we call them the secrets to teaching series. So we have the secrets to teaching stop motion animation to kids, secrets to teaching documentary filmmaking for kids, all of these teacher training courses that you can go through as a teacher on your own, on your own time. They're not very long and they really just get you more prepared and we include all kinds of tips and tricks for classroom management and inspiring the kids and how to really utilize
1: the instruction that we have in our curriculum packages. So if a teacher spent some time, say, about how long would one of those training modules be?
0: Each module is probably is less than an hour long, much less, I would say, probably closer to half an hour. And you as a teacher, you could go through, say, the, the secrets to teaching stop motion animation, I think, is eight modules. You could go through all eight modules the day before that you were starting to teach the class or you could go through the modules as you were teaching the class. So teach a module in the class or go through the training module then teach that module then go through the training module then teach that module however you wanted to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's not a ton of outside prep or training for a teacher to be able to do this.
0: No and in fact in the curriculum packages we include lesson plans for each module, each of our curriculums are designed to be delivered in 10 modules, which basically means 10 sessions mm-hmm. of class time. Each module has, may have several lessons in it, little pieces that are broken down inside that one hour. Ideally, we like to say if you have 10 hours of student contact time to teach these classes, you'll end up with a movie. If you have 15 hours of student contact time or maybe unlimited hours where the kids can work on their projects after they receive the instruction on what to do, then that's great. You can just expand from there. Some of them can be shrunk down. So if you have only, say, seven hours of student contact time, you can still do the stop motion animation program and get through all 10 modules. But you have to accept that your movies are going to be shorter and not as complex and maybe won't have as many great things in it
1: because you're going to have to speed through this. Right. Okay. So, Elizabeth, talk for a minute to the teacher who might be listening who feels like this is an intimidating prospect that he or she would have to learn a lot and why not just teach it the way I've always taught it. Talk to that person in regard to what you have witnessed through the use of digital storytelling as far as teaching and learning that maybe wouldn't have been possible otherwise.
0: So let's just start out talking about David Sousa's pyramid of learning acquisition. And in that pyramid, he shows that at the pinnacle of the pyramid is when you can teach your peers. And that's exactly what digital storytelling does. At the end of every session, we like to have a movie screening where we show everybody's movies to everybody in the class. And when we're in, in classroom in the regular part of the world, that would also include parents that we would invite in and other teachers and maybe even other classes to watch our our movies. But beyond that, what we have really found with really almost any time you bring in the arts or technology into a classroom is it just ups and amps the excitement in the kids. They cannot wait to be doing this. Through our programs, we sprinkle examples of previous students' movies all the way through to really keep the kids excited and focused on and understand why they have to go through all these steps so that they can create amazing productions like they see that these other kids, just like them, have done as well previously. Them a vision
1: for what they can accomplish.
0: Right. Just like, again, if we were to go into a production 101 class at the college level, we would also screen and evaluate and and look at a bunch of movies that already exist and get inspiration and learn from them.
1: So that was my next question. Do the students like it? And I'm guessing it sounds like engagement is just not a big challenge or an issue when they're doing movie making.
0: You know, engagement is really high and attendance is usually really high during these times because they don't want to miss a single part of it. They get the idea that everything is going to go into creating this whole because of the way that we present it all. They really get a big picture in their head and they're able to follow through on that and and be super excited. Even sometimes if the tasks that have to be done, say, in pre-production aren't their favorite ones. One of the things I love to do in the movie screening is to really kind of interview each production group and say, what was your favorite part? What did you love doing? And some kids will say, I loved writing the script. And some kids will say, I loved making my characters out of clay. And Mm -hmm. some kids will say, I really liked building the set out of construction paper. And then other kids will say, I really loved doing the editing and doing kind of that technical part. It really reaches learners of so many different styles and kids, really accessible for them in terms of there's probably one part in there that they're really,
1: really gonna enjoy. I'm wondering if there's a particular story or a particular student that kind of sticks out in your memory as a success story of something a student achieved. Yeah, we'd love to hear that.
0: (laughs) You know, as soon as you said that, she popped into my mind. This is a student at a, at elementary that has a very high ratio of free and reduced lunch payments, so lower socioeconomically. And when we came into the class to do this stop-motion animation unit, she really, the first couple sessions, she refused to cooperate. And I asked the teacher, the regular teacher, what was going on with her. And she said, well, you know, she had fetal alcohol syndrome. She has a lot of issues psychologically going on. And so we're just going to let her kind of do her own thing. And I thought, okay, well, that's okay. We're going to still try to engage her as much as possible. And in the beginning, she really would not engage. She would just put her head down on the desk. But by the end of the unit, she, first of all, she jumped right into production group. The kids were so lovely to her. They absolutely let her come in. We gave her a task. She kind of became the documentarian. So she took an iPad around and shot photos of the other students as they were working. But then she came in and she even participated in the filming and the editing and the became a voice in one of the movies. So by the end, she was all in. That really was so heartwarming and wonderful to see.
1: I'm wondering if the other students and the teacher were surprised by the degree to which you were able to engage her. That's a good question. I think the other kids were
0: very welcoming to her. So I, kids these days seem to be a lot more accepting of other kids in general than maybe they once were.
1: Yeah, it sounds like maybe the teacher wasn't expecting you to be able to pull her in and then you... That's a true statement. Mm. So Digistar, as you mentioned a little earlier, has recently transitioned to digital delivery, which is super timely for all of the school closures now. And so I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about what is still possible for teachers and students now during school closures and possibly school closures continuing into the fall. Teachers in schools can still use this program without you being present in the classroom and without them being present in the classroom. How, is that, how does that work? So we really
0: designed Digistars to have a lot of student-facing elements. Each of our programs contains instructional videos that were filmed in-house by Digistars and feature an 11-year-old host. So she really talks to the kids and she tells them exactly what to do. And it's amazing because she might be on screen for, say, two minutes and then the kids are like, got it, we're off, we're running. And they go and they take care of everything they want to do. So as a teacher, you can use your platforms that you're using, whether it's Zoom or Google Classrooms. You can go through the lessons and share your screen and show the kids these student-facing videos There's all kinds of interactivity that's built in. There are handouts that you can offer and you can put up on, say, Google Docs and have the kids fill out. All kinds of elements that you can bring in. We even have programs that include rubrics that you can use with the class to develop how are these gonna be graded. So, for instance, you might say with a third grade class, Okay, we're making whatever kind of movies we're going to make. Let's let's just say we're making stop motion animation movies. How many facts do we think you need to include in your stop motion for it to be an A? Okay, well, maybe it's 10 facts need to be included. Okay, well, how many characters do you think need to be included? And then so maybe eight facts is a B or whatever, seven facts. And then how are we going to evaluate the story we're going to look and say: Does your movie have a beginning and a middle and an end? Okay, yes. Then that's going to be the amount that you get for that particular aspect of the movie. So there's all kinds of ways that teachers can bring this in. They can just say, you know, I'm going to give you an A if you have a completed movie that you can show me, or they could say, I'm going to give you an A if you ha- include these elements in your movie and it includes follows this and it it looks like it has titles and credits. And if you don't have titles and credits, then that's a point off of your movie because you didn't actually finish. So there's all kinds of different ways that we can bring this into distance learning, which can make it work really well. Traditionally in the classroom, we love to do movies in groups of kids because movie making is a collaborative process. And often we will say, in a group we'll say, but you know, how many people do you think it took to make a Hollywood movie? Just one person by themselves? No, probably hundreds of people were involved in making that movie. And we all collaborate together, just like that example of the Army of Dolphins,
1: where the kids had to
0: really work together to determine a storyline that made everyone
1: happy. And so but, they're still able to collaborate in groups through, well, during distance learning? Can they all work together on the same project? or It depends on the project. So
0: this would actually be a great conversation for our private Facebook group that we offer for everybody who has subscribed to Digistar's programs where we could really dive into this and help you to facilitate what kind of a project you could offer that would bridge over or how to break up a project so that kids could do it at their own houses and then merge it together at the end. So it's absolutely possible. It would take a little bit more of teacher supervision, I would think, to Mm -hmm. pull it together. But that is exactly what our Facebook group is for.
1: Okay, well, we'll make sure that we include that information in the notes from the podcast so that teachers know exactly where to find that.
0: Yep. So we have two Facebook groups. We have one that is for anybody out there who's interested in digital storytelling. And then we also have a private one for
1: subscribers to Digistar's programs. And you talked a little bit about the modules that teachers can use to get training for implementing the program in their classrooms. But you have other kinds of training and workshops available for teachers as well who want to expand or extend their expertise in digital storytelling. Am I right?
0: We do. So if a school brings in Digistar's programs for their faculty, we'll do a private launch for that school and all the faculty. And these days, it's going to be a webinar, and it may always be a webinar, where we just really introduce what the tools are that Teachers now have access to, and get them excited about using it. Because the last thing we want is for our school to invest in in our programs and have the teachers feel like it's too much to bring in. They don't really understand, and they don't see the potential in them. And sometimes this is so new and so radical. I like to tell my team, like we are really introducing something people don't really even know that they need or that they want. But once they understand what it is, then they'll see the value. So. That's part of what we do in those launch webinars. And -hmm. then we also offer webinars here and there and even maybe someday again, live in-person workshops where we bring teachers through and we give them really advanced skills in teaching digital storytelling for kids. Mm -hmm. I should mention too that each of our programs, especially our teacher training courses, when you go through them at the end, you receive a certificate. That shows that you've gone through the digital storytelling course for whatever that program is, and that you can even bring and show your administration at your school and become recognized for being trained in digital
1: storytelling instruction. Nice, and probably used for needed recertification credits that teachers need every five years, I'm guessing. You are doing something special right now during this quarantine. And I would love for our listeners to hear all about it. The Quarantine Festival. What is that? Who can participate? When and how do they do it?
0: Yes, we are so excited with our Kids Quarantine Film Festival. This is our first year doing this. And I think it's going to be in September because we have, we're have we doing it in association with the Supernova Animation Film Festival in Denver, which I think is September 20th. I shouldn't even say a date because I'm not totally sure. It's put on by the Denver Digerati. And this is, I think, the fourth or fifth year of the Digital Animation Festival. And we're going to have a whole section of the festival devoted toward kids who have created movies through Digistars. And any teacher can go ahead and submit their films to the festival. If you go to kidsquarantinefilmfest.com, You'll see all that you need to know there to how to sign up and how to be on our list for that.
1: Okay, great. There's going to be lots of
0: really fun prizes. And I should say, too, that the Denver Digirati is very interested in making sure that today's students are well prepared for
1: tomorrow's jobs.
0: So that's part of the Digistar's mission as well. I'll
1: make sure that that Quarantine Film Festival link is also in our notes so that (laughs) listeners can go and find that. Elizabeth, give one final message of encouragement to teachers who are listening who may be skeptical or hesitant to check out digital storytelling. Give them one kind of one final message of encouragement about why this would be a valuable, fun, and engaging tool for them to check out and to try.
0: We try to make it so easy looking at our whole curriculum packages and along with the teacher training series, we try to make this turnkey. So literally you can open up the screen on the first day and go in and go ahead and teach the class without any prior knowledge or training or experience. So you don't have to feel nervous about it. You don't have to do all the research. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. We're gonna give you lesson plans for each module. We're gonna give you your materials that you need to get or to have the, your students make sure that they have available. That is our goal. We want it to be easy for you. Each of our lessons, each of our modules is organized in kind of a topic that we cover, and then as an activity period where you let the kids go off and, and create what we just talked about. It really makes it so that each step of the way builds on every step before it. And before you know it, you got a finished movie. Mm. So don't be
1: nervous. We're here to make it easy for you. And we know that people in general, kids and adults as well, learn best when we're having fun because we're more engaged. And so this is fabulous. And I hope that a lot of our listeners will check out all of these great resources that you've shared, Elizabeth. We're super excited to have had you on the show. You can find Elizabeth and Digistars on the edcuration.com platform. Simply type in Digistars and it'll take you right to Elizabeth's page. You can reach out with any questions or requests and to learn more about Digistars, Make-A-Movie Workshops. Thank you so much for joining us today, Elizabeth.
0: Thank you, Christy. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out EdCuration.com to find out more.
1: That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N dot com.